0: Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice.
1: Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? Someplace Underneath. Oh, when did your contemptuous relationship start with your mom? I'm just assuming... Pardon me.
0: Oh, yeah. It was um, teenage years. teenage Because before then, you're like a special girl, you know, and you just kind of run around, you play, you get dirty. But around like 13, when the boobies start coming in, it's just like, where are you doing? Where are you going? You got to button that shirt up. Yeah,
1: dirty pillows. Dirty
0: pillows. Yeah. And you feel ashamed. I mean, I guess that's natural because you don't want a 13-year-old to get pregnant and the world is going to look at her. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I
1: think there should probably be a better option at than just being like your body's filthy.
0: I know. Well, she did protect me from men, which is good. That is good. I remember, like, at that age, older men. Would, oh, of course. Yeah, they all like leech. They love it. It's it's so nasty. I remember getting honked at for the first time. It was a huge moment in my life. I, I was know. 14. It's so getting weird. A honk. As soon as you can like tie your shoes without falling over, men are like, "Let oh, me put my baby. dick in you." Oh yeah, baby.
1: Look at her with all of her motor skills. She's ready
0: for it. Yeah. But Uh, if you're somebody like Ghislaine, your mom probably resented her pretty early and then was like, let's send her off to private school. Get her out of here. Yeah.
1: And with Ghislaine, too. Welcome to Someplace Underneath Everyone. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. With her, with Ghislaine, she had a little bit of a different relationship. Her mom definitely didn't like her, but um, I think it was more so because of... It, it this started before puberty because I think it was really from her birth. Because, the golden
0: boy died.
1: Yeah, because if you'll remember where we left off last time, her older brother went into a coma like three days after she was born and he never came out of it. And her mom spent years of her life sitting at this kid's bedside. Wow. And uh, she, I think she in the, like in some subconscious part of her mind thought that Ghislaine was like some kind of cursed child and it sounds
0: like she wasn't wrong because she's not (laughs) had a great run no I mean babies need to be like held and loved and cooed and spoken to and if you don't have that relationship of course she's going to grow up to be I mean I don't want to like make excuses for her but she's going to grow up and like separate herself from humanity
1: yeah be able to detach really easily yeah I I do wonder how much nurturing like being held she got and stuff as a child we could fucking I'm going to armchair psychologist a lot of stuff
0: Well, there there was a story like a science thing done years ago, and this is before science had any morals. But there would be this like batch of monkeys. I've heard this one. Oh yeah, yeah, and like the cloth or with no bottle, or like the mesh wire with a bottle, and they chose the cloth and starved to death. Yeah, yeah. So humans prefer love.
1: Oh yeah they they've done they did studies too with kids uh, because again science cares very little about. (laughs) Um, <laughs> your feelings Just
0: throw this kid in an incinerator and see what happens yeah.
1: <laughs> so they they give a lot of that stuff a, a shot in the science world and I know that if kids aren't held and cradled a lot as babies it can really affect them forever but uh,
0: Ghislaine was like sent away
1: yeah Ghislaine was so I keep saying Ghislaine it's Ghislaine it's Sorry. fine my husband keeps calling her jizz Lane, and I think he's just doing it on purpose but
0: <laughs> Jizzy Jizz Squirt
1: Lane yeah she's she is quite a Jizz master She didn't have that sexual awakening mother hatred relationship that we're very comfortable and used to. She really was just this defiled creature from birth in her mom's mind, I personally believe. Mm. So when we left off last time, she was getting sent away to boarding school because mommy uh, said, the doctor said, you have to go away now. (laughs) That's what the doctor wants. So she was... uh, I think still in middle school, elementary school age when she started going to this boarding school. So that means she spent a lot of time away from home and away from supervision at the boarding school. And that helps develop who she is and her personality. And maybe that does play a part in her available detachment
0: to yeah. other people. I wonder if that, because a lot of boarding school, it's for wealthy people. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the reason why they become these big CEOs that are heartless and just like, you know, cutting the pension of all their employees is because they did little things like send away to boarding school. So you don't really have that like mom, father connection and love.
1: Right. And you yeah, you have a mindset where you see people and things as obstacles to more money yeah. essentially and you don't have to have the pesky consideration for other people no
0: and you become the jizz master
1: the jizzlin <laughs> um yeah so then you know maybe that probably has something to do with it and there is only it, maybe it also has one of the few scraps of decency in her where maybe she learned that in boarding school as well and that was She played a part in the advocacy for ocean conservation. Hmm. The only really savable thing about her. She wanted to fuck them dolphins. That's why. Well, she said as a child, she was a Donny Osmond fan until she switched her affections to Jacques Cousteau. (laughs) She began diving at age nine.
0: Wow. Well, a lot of like psychopaths love animals more than people because Uh animals don't talk back.
1: Oh, no. A That's will? what I love more than people. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I mean, for sure.
0: Like Hitler loved dogs, vegetarian. Yeah, <sighs> yeah but I just love animals. I really do. I do too. But uh, if it came of like, I shoot a dog in the head or a person in the head, I'll shoot a dog in the head.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, Same. I'm a humanist for fucking sure. <laughs> I'm a secular humanist. Absolutely. But what if that person was Ghislaine Maxwell?
0: The jizz master.
1: Oh, now you're going to put me in this position like, where I have to choose between
0: <laughs> for a dog.
1: <laughs> That's a tough one. Honestly, that is a tough question. I can't imagine shooting somebody, but if I really liked that dog, I don't know. So she's off at boarding school and she's learning <laughs> the one, two, threes, ABCs. Uh, So a couple other things, too. So triple X's. Oh, are we having fun? Okay. (laughs) So in the 2000s, this is her one piece of personality that we have other than her being a piece of shit. In the 2000s, she wrote about ocean conservation saying, I've been collecting skills and certificates forever. It started with my first star. I was awarded at school for good behavior and was followed by many more, along with awards and other things I could hang in the loo. I was qualified as a magician's assistant and pool lifeguard. I learned to bake cupcakes, crochet, and speak new languages. Most people grew out of this stage. But for me, it had become a challenge. I have to learn something new every year. That sounds fun. I like to be a magician's assistant and bake cupcakes. I know. This is the part... She sounds like a quarantine activity gal. I know. It's the part of her that pisses me off, is that she did at least understand her privilege to the point where she wanted to, like, utilize her resources and learn all these cool things and i love that's my favorite thing that's the thing i love doing with money more than anything if whenever i have it is being able to like learn i want to learn all the time yeah but then there seemed to be this disconnect from how she had those privileges but didn't acknowledge that other people maybe didn't and didn't have any compassion for that side of being rich Mm. again maybe it's just because her mom thought she was cursed (laughs) that'll do it that'll do her So as we mentioned last time, while she had exposure to all of these things and these resources from her father, he was mostly absent. And when he was around, he was prone to being pretty tyrannical and often very cruel. The bullying took many forms. And the writer Eleanor Berry recalled a conversation with the nine-year-old Ghislaine, who she was interviewing at the time, about the family. Ghislaine was expecting a, quote, prearranged hiding from her father, as in, like, I'm going to tear into your hide. She said, Daddy had a series of things lined up in a row, she reportedly told Barry. There's a riding crop with a swish in it, another straight riding crop and a few shoe horns. Mm. He is always asking me to choose which one I want. Mm. So, yeah, so she was good at talking him down. She did become his favorite, of course, but she was never fully exempt from tirades. She had to learn. She basically learned, developed her personality to fit around being favored by her father Mm -hmm. and as she was growing up and then all throughout her until his death really her father would demand his children always meet him for sunday lunches at their home their quote-unquote home with the 53 rooms they had Mm -hmm. when of course he was himself available whether or not they had any plans or conflicts he insisted that they be there on sundays for lunch so she would have to suffer the same stress of what or who would be the target of his interrogations as everybody else sat at the table So his lunches weren't to talk about what they did during the week or how they were feeling or how school was going. It was to essentially quiz them Mm. about politics and finance stuff.
0: And if you slouched or messed up, he would just berate you. Yeah,
1: so Betty wrote in her book, Betty is uh, Ghislaine's mother, even on Sundays we were rarely on our own as a family. There was the inevitable contingent of Pergamon authors or business people, as well as the children's own school or college friends whom we encouraged them to invite. It was invariably in the presence of this mixed and generally learned assembly that the children were so, to speak, put on trial. The conversation would start normally, and one of the children would be asked to answer one of Bob's queries on such and such a topic. If they hummed and hawed, didn't speak to the point, or gave the wrong answer, Bob would then ask them, which of the principles he had drummed into their heads that they had forgotten to apply and why? Lunchtime was too short for all the children to jump through the hoop, so Bob would pick one who became a scapegoat for the day. Mm. It was always painful to the extreme. Everyone around the table was made to feel uncomfortable, rooting inwardly for the child under attack and trying to put in an occasional word in his or her defense. If we had a distinguished stranger in our midst... The dressing down would be curtailed and the children dismissed from the table would rush off as fast as possible and stay out of range until it was time for them to go back to school or college. At other times, Bob would not let go and lunch would be ruined for those present with one or two of the children ending up in tears, punishments being doled out, the whole family disconsolate and taking sides. Soon I realized that somehow Bob needed to create a sense of drama around him. He would shout and threaten and rant at the children until they were reduced to pulp. Then came the reconciliation scene where he would eventually forgive them. Forgive them. Uh, tears would Ugh. be dried and smiles returned to their faces. In the 80s, things got a good deal worse, and we all came to dread Sundays knowing in advance that every week we would witness what I came to call the Maxwellian drama.
0: Wow. So, so she's immediately used to having a, like a, a – crazy leader Mm -hmm. around and um, seeing victims around her, but she can't stick up for the victim or else she's next. Yeah. It's already implanted
1: in her head. Totally. And and also learning to, instead of learning how to develop a a real personality, just learning how to please somebody else. Yeah. Stay within that vicious cycle where you're getting these financial rewards, but you're also at the mercy of this tyrant Mm -hmm. on top of you
0: your life is pleasing someone else
1: yeah and other people saw this there's a lot of accounts like she betty betty mentioned that they had guests a lot of the time and there a lot of guests did say things like anna pasternak who's a writer she said there was definitely a family crushed by Robert as the all-powerful and sinister patriarch. This must have been deeply psychologically affecting for all of them because she and her sister grew up attending parties at the house, and mm-hmm. she, she witnessed him act like this. Doesn't
0: even sound like fun parties. Like, I love partying at rich people's houses for, like, the champagne. and sure. the, And the accoutrements, the little whores divorce, whatever you call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you call them. I'm a horse. <laughs> but not like this. No. You start berating me? Get the fuck out of here. I would rather... I mean, if I were... I guess I'd rather work at, you know, cleaning the toilets in Penn Station than this shit. Uh, But she can't do that. Again,
1: you're giving me a lot of really unfortunate options. There's, like, not really any good choices here. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it really was one of those... It's, like, he was fine until he wasn't fine so a lot yeah. of times he'd be he could be fun and jovial and then suddenly it'd be like a snap and something would set him off and so you never knew sometimes the parties would probably be great and maybe everything would be fine and people would be laughing and then suddenly daddy's mad Ugh. daddy's mad about something he said oh my god that's
0: um psychotic i've dropped yeah. friends because of that
1: yeah yeah it gets worse too as he gets older and maybe as a result of this, I don't know. I can't relate to this, but she got into risk-taking very young. Mm. Not me. Um, from <laughs> uh, some, An article from the Times says, As a daredevil teenager, Ghislaine was once summoned to Maxwell's office while he was speaking to Roy Greenslade, the then-Mirror editor. The Mirror is one of the papers Maxwell owned. What's this about you nearly drowning, he asked Ghislaine. He had heard about a near-fatal incident in the sea with Gianni Agnelli, the Italian tycoon with whom... Ghislaine had been staying, which is already a whole nother thing, because this man is 20, 30 years older than her, and she was a teenager. I don't know what's going on there. Oh, you don't mean that little accident, replied Ghislaine. There was no danger. You're always taking risks, doing stupid, dangerous things, said Maxwell. Oh, daddy, she exclaimed. Maxwell became serious. I told you about jumping out of a helicopter with my skis on. Don't let it happen again. Oh, my God. What a crazy lady. I know. That part's like, oh, that sounds fun, but also she's just used to acting out yeah and 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 having no consequences and no fear and knowing she can just kind of do whatever she wants and she's kind of i feel like testing a little bit to see if anybody will care if she gets hurt you know what i mean like that kind of stuff so her childhood friends all expressed that she was super fun to be around she was wild and playful that quote she was fun but never exceptionally bright Hmm. nevertheless she graduated high school and after a gap year she spent in spain she won a place at oxford attending
0: Balliol college oxford uh, one of those weird secret colleges
1: yeah it's one of the it's like within the bigger oxford it's one of those specialty yeah. colleges or whatever there's
0: so many like places and colleges and things i don't know but like the wealthy know like san tropez yeah never been there never heard of it growing up it ain't for you it ain't for me You're not allowed. No, I'm
1: not. Unless I'm waiting tables. It's just all rich people who mostly don't care about getting an education. But it's in a really pretty building most of the time. (laughs) Uh, But it's Balaliel. Baliel. Somebody explain what that
0: is. Balzialzio.
1: I'm sure it's a great school, and I'm sure really great people went to it. She won the spot, and this may or may not have something to do with the fact her father had made a large endowment to the school in 1965. Hmm. She never appeared to work particularly hard in college, skating by on her name, and she ultimately graduated in 1985, though, at the bottom of her class. She studied, I believe, modern history was her yeah. major.
0: A lot of those kids do that. Like I was speaking to a friend of mine who went to a very, again, one of those wealthy private schools that I've never heard of. And he's like, you've never heard of so-and-so? And I'm like, no. But it's like, uh, like <laughs> oh, what's that? What's that? I'm from Louisiana. We just hit two sticks together. And that's called math. <laughs> but, but he, it's, a, it's in California and it's a worldwide school. So everybody from all over comes. And I was like, let me guess, your graduating class is all either people who like, went on to develop a cancer research study mm-hmm. or invented TikTok and got in a car crash. Right, yeah, yeah, and exactly. killed somebody when they were drunk, Yeah, you know? and he's like, that's actually it. Yeah. So it sounds like one of those goals. Yeah, prolific science
1: or um, fuck-ups, that their daddy bails them out. That they fall upward into being a billionaire and then they die. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much what was going on there. So, and, and she did use her connections and, and her time in school, in a way, and you know, isn't that what really college is about? Is just making the most of yourself through the
0: experience. Partying, foam parties, <laughs> foam parties, rave parties, laser parties, um, boat foam. parties. Oh my God! Do you think foam parties are gonna make a comeback after COVID, or is it like buffets, like no more? I'm not stopping a buffet. I grew up on buffets, okay? <laughs> Old country buffet was a part of my family's
1: lifestyle mm. and it's part of our religion and you can't take it from me.
0: Every time you like someone says Old Country Buffet, I think of a child sneezing into a sunlit room and you just see all those little particles fly everywhere. But you know what? I made it through. I'm yeah, pretty good. I'm pretty Stronger immune
1: system, really. Yeah, you gotta get the spit in there sometimes.
2: RosettaStone.com today.
1: Yeah, so like I was saying, she kind of used that time in college to get popularity points, get into doors, make connections with important people by being a real fun time Sally. That's great. She was a school friend, a said, a great laugh at that age. One of my friends had a fairly serious relationship with her and she was very flirtatious and sexy. She was definitely up for it. There are multiple sources stating that she was very wild and openly a sexual person. Wow. That's not a disparaging comment, by the way. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But I say that because it. I want to point out that she seemed to maintain one image for her father and lived a very separate life outside of that.
0: Yeah, and it's the sexuality doesn't seem like it's coming from within in a positive place and yeah. growth, but more like a reactionary. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting that her father would not have approved
1: of these things, and yet he still realized that she was a great resource to him because of her actions, and he used them every time that he could. And one old acquaintance also told the Tatler, which is a a British rag, Ghislaine ran with a fast crowd. She was more like a man than a woman, and that's why men liked her. She was sharp and witty and a night owl. She always brought the most expensive clothes, but had absolutely no taste.
0: Oh, oh, like like the sorority girls that go to White House Black Market, and they make you pay like two hundred dollars for a dress. I and think like, so. This dress kind of sucks.
1: Yeah, I think it's a lot of that. There, there's a lot of this sort of talk of her, and I, this was uh, some of this was before all the accusations came out. She was very popular and fun to be around, but people also didn't really like her very much. At mm. the end of the day. This is around the time, by the way, that Galen first meets Prince Andrew, or as he was known at the time, Randy
0: Andy. Oh, now he got in trouble with the, with the child ring. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, he's gross, man. Um, I had no idea, though, but apparently that old creep was quite a heartthrob in the 80s. Mm. Based on accounts by underage girls, he was pretty disgusting in real life. But when Ghislaine became the gatekeeper for Epstein eventually, it was her who introduced the two of them. They're really quite a two peas in the pod kind of fellas. Uh, Ghislaine became acquainted with Prince Andrew during college and then later on went to date him for some time Mm. before she became a madam to him eventually
0: yeah a lot of those royals like who's that prince guy that lost all of his hair he was such a heartthrob oh uh not harry william william yeah and didn't he cheat on his wife and then he told the papers like run a thing on Meghan markle so that's the the rumor.
1: that's the rumor yeah
0: yeah uh that could
1: possibly be true i'm a big Meghan markle person people have very strong feelings about her i think she's great i think she's fine i like her i do too but this is what she was known for at the time, anyway. Her dad derided her and simultaneously benefited from this behavior, and he lorded over her always. He was very possessive of wow. her.
0: So be like, don't you do that, but also I'm glad you did, because now i got these connections. Yeah, and like we were just talking about the
1: uh, kind of parties that they would have at their house and why like it would be, uh, initially it would seem like it was, oh, this is a really fun thing to do, but then ultimately it's not. So... This is also from the tatler a Marlborough contemporary of maxwell's told me what happened at her 21st birthday party at headington hill hall which is her home we were having fun and it was getting a bit out of hand and there's a lot of drinking and drugs robert maxwell simply closed it down he'd had enough galane was incredibly upset as you can imagine but she was in awe of her father and just had to accept it robert actually he cut the power off At the party.
0: Oh, really? Like Gavin Newsom style? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Fucking boner killer, which is not, I'm not shocked by this. I can understand why a father would be completely irritated with his daughter's 21st birthday party going off the rails. What I don't understand is why she decided, or maybe her father decided, that she was to have her 21st birthday party while he supervised it. I don't know about you, but when I turned 21, I didn't want to be anywhere near my family. No, I felt and I wasn't. Off. I went to New Orleans, yeah. I was a mess. like that's what she sounds like she wanted to do, but for some reason she did it at her home while her yeah. dad was there. I don't know.
0: That's so weird to me. Well, she's Daddy's girl, and I bet she starts speaking to people the same way at her parties like her daddy spoke to her. Oh, yeah, for sure. Very condescending and dominating. And you tell me that's just like this or I berate you. That that, and also she would just talk about
1: her dad. Mm -hmm. um, And we'll get into that a little bit. She talked about her dad a lot. (laughs) And it it makes me wonder if he decided that she was to have the party there. Like, I'll throw you this big, lavish party, but you have to do it here. Yeah. And that was a, a sign of a greater issue of her never really establishing independence and just kind of letting her father... Pay for everything but control her moves,
0: yeah, you got to develop your own like financial source, honey bunny, or else you're going to be controlled your whole life,
1: yeah, but and I don't think she it what I'm learning about her is that it doesn't seem like she really gave a shit. She just would rather have the money and then to worry about it, yeah, um, so again, she was not immune to this bad shitty treatment by him, but rather observed and applied the behaviors that could appease his subconscious ego strokes that he needed. So it, it's an abuse survival tactic for sure, but like I was mentioning last week, that's really where my sympathy ends for her. She would go on to use these same tactics to have the entire world handed to her on a fucking platter, and she would still be trying to take more from other people's plates.
0: Wow. I mean, she has all the connections. She could just cut her family off and like develop her own thing, and not a child sex trafficking ring, but something. Yeah, she did. She, that is her business.
1: <laughs> it was a startup, okay? So manipulation paid off for her, but it came at a cost. He often allowed her to start shadowing him at work and began bringing her to events as his date as she got older, Mm. but also refused to allow her to bring boyfriends home, saying they were all gold diggers. So anytime a boy came around, he would just, he would require his approval to have the boys around and he would always say, no, no, no. And I think it was less that he was worried about her money and more that he wanted to keep his grasp on her tight. And those boys were not in the plans that he had for Ghislaine.
0: Yeah, because they'd be like, hey, let's, you know, move in together and have a child together. Mm -hmm. And then she becomes her own woman. And daddy can't have that happen.
1: Yeah. And and yeah, it would give her an out, essentially. Even if the guys probably were some of them were probably pretty shitty, I would imagine. Yeah. So, again, she graduated in 1985 and soon after joined the family firm. Maxwell House is what they called it. It's not the coffee brand. Mm -hmm. I actually checked to see if Maxwell House was one of their things they owned. But
0: the best part of waking up is
1: pedophiles in your cup. It's true. And also pretty shitty coffee. (laughs) Maxwell House, if you want to sponsor us. I was just kidding. I love Maxwell House coffee. But yeah, so they called their company Maxwell House because it was like an umbrella for all of this shit. They owned a lot of different like publishing and and newspaper companies. So what is it that she did exactly for the company after college? According to Robert Maxwell's chief of staff, James Callahan, her job was being the boss's daughter. She was the apple of his eye. She was full of energy and life and so on, and she was beginning to make her way in the world. She didn't have a vast array of business skills, but... In the things that she did and the way she handled her father, she was competent. There was nothing wrong with her brain. Oh, you flatterer. (laughs) Kevin and Ian were just sons, but she was her father's daughter, and she had some skills. Getting what she wanted. Dealing with rich old men. She was a young woman in the 80s making her way. I get I get a vibes again through all this. Um
0: eighties was a big power move for women. I mean, we starting to see like what, Murphy Brown, wasn't that in the eighties or nineties? I think that was the
1: eighties. Yeah.
0: Golden Girls. We're getting a lot of like female empowerment at this time. For sure. I
1: don't know if I would consider what she was doing female empowerment, but no. I guess in a way she was figuring out how to, to be in people. the business world. Yeah. And that is a lot of manipulation. Glenn almost sounds to me like she was her father's emotional manager more than anything else. And yet he still pulled all the strings in the relationship. And she didn't seem very upset by it. She, in fact, mostly saw herself as an extension of her father and spent most of her time talking about him or using his name to gain favor. Have you ever seen that video compilation of Meghan McCain saying my father over and over again?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's that,
1: essentially. She mm. was all about her dad And what her dad did and how she loved her dad. Yeah. Yeah. An anonymous source told the Tatler about a disastrous date with Ghislaine during her university days. The family was very well known in Oxford, so I booked a restaurant in the country to avoid prying eyes. I needn't have bothered. All she talked about was her father, how great he was how great it was to be his daughter, how she loved reading about him every day in the papers, all in a very loud voice. By the end of the dinner, the whole place was silent. All the diners and the staff were listening in.
0: Of course. They're like, oh, yeah, tell me more about this powerful man. And she's just, <laughs> blah, blah, my dad says it this.
1: Why is this chick talking about her dad so loud? Weird. I would be listening just out of...
0: Curiosity. Yeah,
1: not because I was impressed, more
0: so just like, does she need a help? Do I need to call someone? Mm, but I bet that... Food in the Spanish countryside was really good. They had some paella, some tapas. I think this was in England, though. Oh, Oh, wait, because she went to school in Spain. She went. She had a gap year in Spain, and then she went
1: into Oxford.
0: I forget. Oxford's in in England. Yeah, (sighs) it's all so rich over there.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that probably wherever they were, they were going to very, very good, the best of the restaurants of whatever the town was. Yeah, they're
0: not going to TGI Fridays.
1: No, I don't, especially if this guy's trying to woo her. She's not going to fucking go to McDonald's.
0: But that would be fun to go to, like, Applebee's as a multi-billionaire and just go in there and get- It's like, oh,
1: look at these people. (laughs) Oh, my God. They have soot on them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Isn't that
0: fun? They have a smoking section. How (laughs) delightful. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So she's in the countryside and talking about her dad really loud. Yeah. So this
1: is how she was during college years. And during those mid-80 years, this was, you know, 80, I think she went to school starting. She graduated in 85. So, like, 81, 85, she's in school. And during those years, she walked around her father's offices for the Daily Mirror like she was queen hot shit of fuck mountain. Mm. And Robert's former secretaries would say she'd do things like she was very entitled. She would ask for a cigarette and then walk away with the whole pack. Oh. Yeah. Like when you cut the, you remember in the cartoons where they would cut the cake, slice out, and then they'd take the whole cake and leave the slice? Mm -hmm. That was sort of her goal or mentality. She would do that just to piss people off, I'm guessing. I think it was to exhibit her power. Yeah. Because she probably was deeply insecure, you know, and that was how she could make herself feel important. Mm. It's not super apparent that she had a grasp on his business dealings. her Her brothers, Ian and Kevin bore most of the weight of their father's business on their shoulders. While Galen was the liaison, a representative, the party guest, they got the brunt of the dirty work and the boring stuff and the paperwork and all of the, the suffering that came with that. Mm. Though she didn't put any name to paper very often on contracts and such, lucky for her for what was to come with the company, she did hold a few titles, though they were all more seemingly like excuses for her dad to keep her around and pay her upwards of a £100,000 a year mm. for doing things like business development director. And fashion director.
0: Some vague title. And she's just looking at YouTube
1: videos in her office the whole time. Pretty much. Uh, And director of Oxford Football Club Mm. because he was a chair on the Oxford football team. And she would, you know, throw lunches for people who were patrons, I guess. Like that kind of thing. Also during this time, he funded a corporate gifts business that she essentially pitched him. That would somewhat be attached to the, the family firm. That failed very miserably, presumably because she didn't care and wasn't super interested in work of any kind. Corporate gifts, I think, are like edible arrangements and fruit baskets. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Someone correct me if I'm way off on that. I That's what
0: I glean, what that means. It depends on what you want out of them. Like the nicer the gift, probably the more you want or the higher the, the customer they are.
1: Yeah, so I that I believe that's what she tried to do as a branch of their family business and then it just didn't go well at all Mm. and one example of what i consider a display of his possessiveness of her he presented his family one day in 1986 when galane was 24 with a surprise yacht oh and guess what the yacht was called galane the lady galane oh buddy and was she like it's not the color i want daddy uh (laughs) i don't think she had that actually i don't think she was allowed to speak to him that way we'll we'll get into a couple of their interactions but her mother, Betty, writes that the next day, Bob had suddenly announced he was taking us all on a mystery trip. His secret had been so well kept that we had absolutely no idea where we were going and were utterly amazed to find ourselves flying to Amsterdam. From there, we drove to a small harbor half an hour away where an impressive yacht laid in the quayside. It was then that Bob let us in on his secret. But this was the yacht he had bought, and Ghislaine was to christen the ship with her own name. Mm. A small scaffolding had already been erected for the launch ceremony, and the champagne bottle was in place. Ghislaine went up a few steps, cut the rope attached to the bottle, which smashed into the side of the yacht as she pronounced its name. At the same time, a cover was removed to reveal a shiny new nameplate, the Lady Ghislaine. We all clapped enthusiastically, then went aboard with the Dutch constructors from Amel's shipyard. Bob loved that boat from the start." He walked around excitedly proudly showing us every feature although on the first visit the interior was not yet complete so that interior by the way the lady galane maxwell had bought it from uh for 12 million pounds from adnan khashoggi's brother who's mm. a uh, notorious saudi businessman at 185 feet long it's five decks private jacuzzi and gymnasium where a reminder that the rich are different maxwell likes to boast that to run it cost him more than the annual salary of Britain's prime minister. Oh,
0: isn't that cute? Imagine working for him, and then you hear that, and you're like, oh, we didn't get bonuses this year for Christmas, but you got your daughter a yacht like this? Yeah. I'm just assuming that's how he treated his...
1: Yeah, also, not his daughter's yacht. It was his yacht that Uh, he named for her. She still had to ask permission if she ever wanted to use it. I bet. So, this was still for him, which is just, like, so exemplary of this dynamic in the family. And so Robert, he did this a lot in their lives. The time he did spend with his family would be so lavish like this, but he would often take them to places they had no say over, no idea where they were going, for how long. And they sometimes didn't even know what country they were going to. It sounds kidnapping them. <laughs> essentially. But it's not, because it's your family. Mm. It sounds fun to an extent, but it also signifies that they had very little personal autonomy. It was sort of the devil's deal of like, you want this, I'm going to control you. And he, because he and Galen connected so much, she got that more than almost anybody in the family.
0: I bet. I mean, is it kidnapping if they take you to the Swiss Alps? I don't
1: know, that's my question. That is the greatest question we'll ever face in philosophy. (laughs) So she had that dilded cage sort of treatment uh, and she seemed to be fine with her cage, I guess. It would be those three, her and her two brothers, who received a lot of the trouble that came after Robert's mysterious death just a few years later, which happened right on that daughter yacht, mm. the Lady Ghislaine. So those years of Ghislaine's life between 86 and Robert Maxwell's death in 91 are a bit murky and a little confusing. And there's there's a bit of confusion about at what point she meets Jeffrey during this time period, which we'll get into in episode three There was presumably a lot of partying and a lot of rubbing elbows with people, which is, interestingly, we can still do after COVID. We can still rub elbows with each other.
0: Mm, I'm looking
1: forward to that. Yeah. She was in her mid-20s at this point with a relatively endless bank account and seemingly no consequences as long as she kept sweet daddy happy. We do know that Robert began to see her as an opportunity to get in with the new york crowd you see he had a long desire to own an american paper on top of all the british rags that he already owned and he saw an opening to grab up the u.s tabloid the new york daily news despite Hmm. the fact that he was already in pretty deep financial straits at this point um which he had hidden from everybody
0: yeah people are usually pretty good at like hiding their bankruptcy i would flip out be like i'm bankrupt but they're just like they keep cool
1: that you have to have again you have to have that like sweet sweet detachment (laughs) to be able to be a businessman, I think, or businesswoman. Yeah, and also just be
0: like, I want to run the papers.
1: Yeah, I I want to control all the media and tell you what the news is. Yeah, I want people to think
0: what they want to think and not, like, demand that they think my way or I cut you out. Yeah. No. I think
1: the media is very important, and, of course, people need to own papers, but it's a scary. Same with being a president. We need a president, but you have to be kind of insane to want to be a president. So – that's what he liked, though, and it, I think again when we're talking about f- from the first episode, I think it had something to do with the fact that he was so cut off as a child, and his mom would read newspaper articles from the garbage, and that's how he learned about the world. And I, yeah. So there's like this like little bit of humanity in there mixed in with all this other greed and and desire and power and all that stuff. And it started maybe relatively innocently. Who knows, but. She was basically his in in the circles who held power in the United States. That was really what he liked to do. And that was when she would party and stuff. This this is how she met those people. So even though he was like, no, you can't do this. He still was like, well, don't do it. But if you do,
0: give them my card. (laughs) Yeah. Invite me.
1: Yeah. They didn't like Robert being there because he was gross. And on a side note, by the way, there's all these accounts of his employees talking about how he would just piss in jars around his room, or piss wherever he stood, and he would soil his bed sheets and just leave them for the maids. And oh my god, he apparently would sometimes wipe his ass with expensive towels and then just leave the shit-covered towels on the ground for somebody else to clean up.
0: Wow, what a monster! And
1: he would eat in bed all the time, and but like in a way that where he would just
0: leave, he would sleep in in food, like lasagna. Yeah,
1: it wasn't like oh he had. He had a banana in bed. No, he had full ass meals that he would also just would be all over him and he'd sleep in it.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. His wife, Betty, must be so upset. She
1: was. They were upset the entire 50 years of their marriage, but didn't stop them. So anyway, he was correct in guessing that she would be able to open up these U.S. social circles for him. Because while she treated the help like those cigarette smoking secretaries like shit. She knew how to work an important businessman. Joe Haynes, a former leader, writer on the Daily Mirror, recalled a pleasant, very pretty and non-flirty young woman. Once mistaking her for a secretary, he gave her a document to photocopy and she did it without pause or without correcting him. Hmm. Political editor for the Mirror, Alistair Campbell, recalls a vivid memory of my trip, something he and Glaim were sent to do on behalf of Robert to Paris. She, again, was like a representative for him all the time. So... This guy had gone on a trip with her uh, as a representative of this paper was his memory of her was of Galene, then in her 20s, saying Paris had the best underwear shops in the world, taking me on a little tour of them and being asked for my view of what might look nice on her. We chose purple. Mm. (laughs) It was a rather strange, though, pleasant enough way to pass a couple of hours before we headed back to London. So she could, I think, read businessmen where if one wanted her to be flirty, she would. And if one gave off the air of being distant, she would do that. She wouldn't push herself on them, but yeah. she knew how to charm these kinds
0: of men because of how her experiences with her dad. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, for years and years of, like, trying to please mm-hmm.
2: today
1: so even though in her pursuits of the connects she was getting in new york she wasn't immune to his attacks this is from maxwell the final verdict by tom bauer one of the great resources i used she would have to go into these parties and these meetings and these dinners on his behalf and on this one occasion when she was doing that he writes among the first messages handed to him once he was back inside Maxwell House was a written report from Glane. His imperious daughter, despite being his favorite child, had been reduced to tears by an outburst of his temper shortly before his departure to Moscow. On his behalf, she had attended a dinner in New York honoring a Nazi-hunting Simon Wiesenthal Center, and it was her report by telephone which had <laughs> provoked the tirade. I am very sorry that my description of the dinner this morning was inadequate and made you angry, she had written. I should have expressed from the start of our conversation that I was merely presenting you a preliminary report of the evening and that a full written report would follow. Please forgive me. Glane then recounted laudatory messages. Rabbi Eyre expressed great admiration for you. Sammy Beltsberg said he was sorry you were not at the dinner, but how thrilled he was to have me sitting next to him. Andy Greenberg passed on his regards. Alice Williams of NBC News said she was very disappointed you were not at the dinner. And I was honored to be present and to be able to represent you. Thank you. Attached is my program from now until I return. I will call you again tomorrow to receive your precise instructions for the Kennedy wedding. The respectful tone clearly satisfied Maxwell. So he would demand that she would give these full Reports to him, including all the compliments that were paid to him. Mm. And if she didn't do it well enough, he would lose his shit. And so she'd have to beg forgiveness, just like at those dinners and lunches that she grew up with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So she was very, she was very conditioned to this.
0: Oh, it's like school.
1: Yeah, except she's like, at this point, she's 27, I think.
0: Oh, so you should be on your own, honey. Yeah. At 27, I was poor in New York, but yeah. I was at least. Doing my own thing. Yeah, I was having fun. Yeah. This
1: is probably a good sampling of the tasks that she would be in charge of. She did a lot of these liaison things. She was, you know, coddling businessmen all the time and sometimes women, mostly men. Um, In fact, in 1990, very shortly before Robert's death, she had a very important assignment, one that was pretty criminal. And she's lucky she was given the option to play dumb, something that her two brothers, Kevin and Ian, did not get to enjoy. On November 5th, Ghislaine landed in New York on the Concord, carrying an envelope for Daddy. So at this point, she's 29, I think. Mm -hmm. She was taking this mysterious envelope to one of Robert's lawyers, Ellis Friedman, in Manhattan. Friedman had been instructed to do something with the envelope Ghislaine had brought and return it to her, which at that point she would take the envelope back to the UK and leave it in Maxwell's safe in his office. So she's a mule. Yeah. So essentially that's what she is. Uh, during this, there was a bunch of financial... Like this whole thing, it's a bunch of financial bullshit. It's something he's doing basically to steal money. Mm-hmm. So you can read all about it anywhere on the internet. It's a very public case that happened eventually. I don't really feel like getting into it because, I, again, I was asking you how stocks worked before we started recording.
0: <laughs> so not my circle of expertise. Finance stuff is intentionally confusing. They, yeah. don't, they don't want the poor's...
1: Totally. Understanding
0: it and making money
1: yeah and and coded words and and making all these tiers of hierarchical things is sort of I think a way to keep people from wanting to be a part of it which yeah. i've they've done successfully with me because I hate hearing about yeah, it yeah
0: and especially if you're working all day at your bullshit job you don't want to come home and learn about stocks you want to go have a beer on the front porch
1: i I feel personally attacked right now, amber <laughs> and. You're Um, During this time, though, this is what's happening. It basically ended up with him having $200 million that weren't really his. In other words, Ghislaine did a fraud Mm. for her father. She was able to get away with it in courts later by going like,
0: not, no. Just playing dumb. Me, I'm just a little 30-year-old girl. (laughs) But it worked
1: because, again, she was in, in the position in her father's business where she wasn't, even though she had these titles, she didn't have to sign contracts like a grown-up or anything. So she just got to do the fun side of stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, unclear whether or not that's true that she didn't know what it was. There's a good chance she never asked, but she also could have easily known what he was doing was committing fraud. Yeah. It appears that actually no one really knew of what kind of trouble Robert Maxwell was in. Uh, Even his sons, Kevin and Ian, they were the two that had to go into the business because the other kids wouldn't. The oldest son, like, ran off to Brazil or something and became a scientist. Good for him. Yeah, I know. They claim ignorance about knowing about their father's crimes, but after his fa- their father's death, they had to go face the courts and everything. And we don't really, we'll never know how much anybody knew about Robert. But leading up to his death in 1991, Robert had begun to act more and more erratic as the years went on. Already a man prone to anger and irrational emotions, he had begun to grow extremely paranoid. This isn't terribly surprising for a man who had his hand in so many pots, some of which were not the most up-and-up of pots. Um, In fact, the UK government suspected that Maxwell was a secret agent of a foreign government, possibly a double agent or a triple agent.
0: Yeah, because he lies all the time. He started off lying. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. A thoroughly bad character and almost certainly financed by Russia. He had known links to the British Secret Intelligence Service, to the Soviet KGV, and the Israeli Intelligence Service, Mossad. While this surprise, within this, he was embroiled with lots of dirty deals, borrowing money from shady characters involved in the drug and human trafficking trades. Oh, my
0: God. I mean, you're going to get in trouble if you do this
1: shit. It catches up with you. It
0: always does. Like, look at Martin Scarelli. Like, he was a guy that went for the quick buck, and then he's... Look where he is now. He's in prison.
1: Yeah, and I mean... Robert got away with a lot of shit a lot longer too because he wasn't as... He was super arrogant and cocky. Frankly, he's just lucky to know social media because I think that's catching... It's catching criminals a lot younger now because they just say their crimes online.
0: Yeah, usually your vanity... Vanity is a beautiful sin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. It exposes everybody. It's true,
1: yeah. But lucky for him, that wasn't around. He was able to skip over the little cracks and stuff all the time because he wasn't posting on Twitter all all day. Mm-hmm. And ultimately his career ended with him stealing money from his employees pension funds to pay off another debt. So that's not good to do. Whoopsie. This is where he was at the end of his life. This was nine this is around the same time that Galen did this transfer of shares which is what she was doing he was getting backed into a corner and he was really becoming unglued throughout this he was also in a million affairs like betty knew about it he was a womanizer and definitely not necessarily a sexual abuser but definitely a sex pest Ugh, um it seems shitting on towels touching women no. yeah and just you know trying to seduce women all the time According to the time period, everybody was consenting, but you could probably go back and look at some of those and go, like, did they really have a choice? No. But some people that he was associated with started to come up dead.
0: I hate this guy.
1: Yeah, he sucks. So yeah, <laughs> people around him were starting to die because they were also committing crimes and he was pretty complicit in a lot of them. From the book Robert Maxwell Israel's Super Spy by Gordon Thomas and Martin Dillon. This is whenever Robert Maxwell is starting to spiral out. And he's saying, if both men had been killed, what about his own future? He knew so many secrets about the workings of Mossad, about Israel's secret deals. He knew so much. And so that incipient paranoia never far away nowadays from the surface once more began to emerge in Robert Maxwell. In London, his staff saw the strange behavior patterns they had noticed before becoming more pronounced. He spoke darkly of his enemies and conspiracies against him. It seemed to them that his mental and perceptual organization had made him the most powerful figure he was, but now he was increasingly having difficulty in distinguishing between fantasy and reality. Everything was black and white and good and bad, remembered one of the women he had briefly had an affair with. He was more manic in all he did, she said. He seemed to have endless energy and drive, but behind that, there was this fear that they were out to get him. The last time we had dinner, he was full of it. He said two of his friends had died in mysterious circumstances, but when I wanted to talk about it to try to make him feel more relaxed the way you do when a person has had a loss, he just clammed up. He was also known at this point to have all of his rooms being tapped. Mm. So he was recording recording every conversation that he had on the phones he was recording people in the rooms in his offices so much work so
0: paranoid yeah
1: and just like yeah listening and also as this was going on it was becoming more and more prevalent this was happening and this was leading up to his very final days so in the wee hours of the morning of November 5th 1991 Robert Maxwell went off the side of that daughter yacht the Lady Ghislaine he was alone with a small crew His body was found that afternoon, nude, floating in the ocean.
0: Naked? That sounds like he was murdered.
1: Well, this was uh, off the coast of Spain somewhere, by the way. What happened, you ask? (laughs) Well, we get to play everybody's favorite game. Murder,
0: suicide, or accident. Yay! We'll never know. We'll never know. I would rather be poor than all this shit. (laughs) I mean, is it worth it? At the end of the day, you're going to die off your yacht. I'd rather be. <laughs> I'd rather just found like your dick floating in the water. No, everybody's looking at it. That goes in that paella. That's that spicy shrimp paella, baby. It's just <laughs> Robert's dick. <Yeah. laughs>
1: That's right. Yeah, it's a power source. You got to eat the dick. Mm. So we'll never know. Probably, it's been asserted that he went to the railing at that night. To go pee-pee. To pee off he's the side because nasty. he likes to
0: pee where he be. Just like a dog. <laughs> he just pees wherever. Yeah. Pee where he be. <laughs> pee where he be. He then either slipped or had a
1: heart attack and went overboard. That is the main theory of what happened. Mm-hmm. There are also many who theorize that he took his own life that night. It's not out of the realm of possibilities, certainly. And he was facing complete and utter ruin. Yeah. That ship is haunted, though, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, He didn't hold any nobility towards his family and the mess he would leave them. So it it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibilities. He once told one of his mistresses, who was a Russian journalist, so she talked, she wrote about all of their conversations. He said, my family won't inherit anything when I die. The only ones who deserve anything are Ghislaine and Kevin. Mm. I adore them both. Kevin is so much like me and Ghislaine is a friend. This is an abridged version of that quote. He also just talk disparagingly oh about God. his family in that quote.
0: Imagine um, putting up with his shit your whole life just to be like, when he dies, I'll get some of the fucking money, and then you don't get anything?
1: Yeah, he tried to withhold even his wife getting anything when he was still alive. I mean, I'd kill him too. <laughs> Fuck
0: that guy. But
1: that, to me, that plays into the concept that he could have committed suicide because if you had a conscience and you cared about your family, knowing that your suicide would affect them so negatively can prevent you from doing the suicide but because he didn't give a shit about what happened to them and didn't care that his sons would have to pay the consequences of his actions i could see him doing that yeah just being like peace fuck
0: you guys i'm out yeah i mean if he's the kind of guy to be like i'm gonna take a shit right here yeah he of course he'd be like well i guess i'd go now bye (laughs) and just like totally chill about it Time for me go (laughs) bye-bye. I hope that was his last words. Time for me go (laughs) bye-bye.
1: So, but even more so, people suspected foul play. Does any of this ring a bell? Perhaps another gentleman who would become Ghislaine's son and around which she would orbit? Mm. There's so many connections and similarities to the way she had a relationship with Epstein to her father. I mean, you do marry your father. I know, and I mean like the same shit where when he died, It could have been, probably not an accident, but it could definitely have been foul play or suicide, and we'll probably never know which one. So how did Ghislaine, we're going to wrap this up this week with learning about how Ghislaine felt about her father's end, and we're going to continue on next week with her time with uh, Jeffrey. Yeah. So she was, of course, chosen to be the press liaison to give a statement of the events of his death for the family because that's what she did. Um, This is from the book Israel Super Spy. Ghislaine emerged on deck, dressed in a skirt and halter top. She walked slowly to the rail and looked down at the masked journalists and photographers. They had come from all over the world, and more were arriving even as she watched. The only time she had seen such a media scrimmage had been when her father bought the New York Daily News. They were shouting questions up at her in English, Spanish, French, German, and languages she didn't recognize. She gave a concise summary of what had happened and which members of the family were on board, Her elder brothers were in London, dealing with her father's many business affairs. She could not yet say what her father's body would be free to leave the island. She gave a little shrug and smile. Officials could not be rushed, not even here in Spain. She ended up saying on behalf of the family, she would like to thank them all for their courtesy. When she had more information, she would give it to them. As she turned to leave, a reporter asked up to her, how did your father die? Ghislaine turned back to the rail. She looked down at reporters, camera zoomed in on her face, sensing she was going to say something important. In a loud and clear voice, she spoke. I think he was murdered. So she thinks that he was
0: killed. I don't know if she's a good judgment of character for her father. No, she probably like can't imagine him committing suicide. But like daddy wouldn't do that.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Also, Daddy's too strong to ever fall over the side while he was pissing off of the edge of the boat. Daddy's perfect. Yeah. Ugh. This poor crew, who he, on other nights uh, uh, presumably was just fully nude, pissing off the side of the boat all the time. You look at that fucking gross dude. He was a giant, bulking man.
0: They usually are. Like, I was thinking about that this morning. There's never any hot billionaires Maybe millionaires, maybe.
1: Billionaires mostly, yeah. It's like, it, like her father, Jeffrey's the same way. It's very slobbish, didn't have money outfits, was just kind of gross, didn't really shower or shave very often. No, they look like a sea urchin. Yeah. Just, that's where he ended up, back where he wanted to be on the side of the boat.
0: Just animal food. Um, for
1: the fish. Yeah, so we're gonna finish up Ghislaine's life in uh episode three of when it's Ghislaine's life in the ped lane.
0: Ooh, Jizmaster.
1: Yeah. Uh it's gonna be fucking horrible. And she sucks. We've learned that from this series, if nothing else. Just
0: nobody's a good character in this whole, like, all we're learning about. Every single person's a bad person. Yeah, there's really no redeemable people. No, but I guess, you know, because I'm always, like, the positive, And I'm always like, there's something good in everybody, but maybe there isn't.
1: That's what we should learn. We should just start to judge everyone badly and go, <laughs> what crimes have you done?
0: Hmm?
1: <laughs> no, we shouldn't do that. But no. I think it's important to talk about these things and to address how they came to be and to know that sometimes you can't trust a person based solely on your first interactions with them. Mm-mm. And we're gonna learn that a lot about Ghislaine and, and the real betrayal that she uh, did to these these girls and what she she tricked them into doing.
0: Oh my God, never tell anybody your fears because they'll use it against you. You're giving them power.
1: Yeah, and if you're very, very poor and young, and a much older wealthy person wants you to do something, it's usually going to be a crime against humanity and you should say no. You say no. And that's my uh, advice for today. So thank you for for joining me on this path to the Lady Ghislaine And I look forward to wrapping this up and not having to read about her anymore. No,
0: I bet that boat's beautiful. Like, I bet lots of velvet couches you can just lay on, champagne. It looks like a palace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it had a fucking gym on it. Wow.
1: It costs more than the entire prime minister's salary to run it. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Certainly you can't be a bad person if you have that boat. Yeah, so we'll we'll finish this up. You can uh, follow me, Natalie Jean, at The Natalie Jean, and you can follow the show someplace underneath uh, on Instagram and TikTok. And Amber?
0: Um, I'm Amber Smelson, S-M-E-L-S-O-N, on Twitch and uh, Instagram and Twitter. Hell yeah. Uh, we'll see all y'all next week. Thanks for stopping by.